Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I actually jumped the gun there. Um, (laughs) uh, And I know what that means. Unlike one of the witnesses today in one of the cases who didn't know what uh, re-up. Did you re-up your deal? He says, what what does re-up mean? Okay. Um, One of the investigators into the uh, Trump Georgia case, which we'll get to. Welcome aboard. Four minutes after the hour of 9 p.m. on Thursday night here on the East Coast of the United States. I'm Steve Malzberg. And um, you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of this show on TNT. So much to get to tonight. Um, and and I, I mean, and it all involves Trump and to one extent or another, and Biden, of course. Um, what I was referring to was the uh, funny um, uh, Willis case. She's, uh, you know, the prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, leading the charge against Trump and trying to overthrow the election in that criminal case. However, you know, it appears that she uh, hired the person she was sleeping with and allegedly uh, um, uh, she financially um, benefited from that. So there was a hearing today in court. She testified, her boyfriend testified, who's one of the prosecutors on the Trump case. What a mess that was. And she is an arrogant, pompous, but ump dump And the judge actually warned her. Uh, that if she doesn't shape up on the stand there, they're going to just get rid of all her testimony. It was it was something. We got some cuts for you. And the uh, criminal trial of Donald Trump will go ahead in March in New York City. For what? For what? For allegedly paying a porn star not to reveal or talk about an affair that he allegedly had with her, Stormy Daniels. That's the criminal case. He could go to jail for four years because, it, but to, but for for it to be a criminal matter, the DA has to charge him. There has to be a, a law that was broken by him doing that. If he paid her off, what law did he break? And people are presuming, even though it hasn't been announced by the prosecution, which I don't see how that's possible. Nonetheless, the the crime alleged is a election campaign that he. He used election campaign funds to pay her off through personal checks from Michael Cohn, his then attorney, and then, you know, covered it up and whatever. We'll get to all of that. But I want to start with our wonderful president of the United States. Uh, You might have heard of him, Joe Biden. He's sleeping now. (laughs) He's probably been in bed since, uh, you know, for about two and a half, three hours. And look. He's 80 years old. Again, God bless him. I don't expect him to, per, to you know, parade around like a, 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 a young 77-year-old like Donald Trump. You know, he's 80. <laughs> but for the past few days, we've been talking about, certainly, the report from the special counsel, Robert Herr, on the documents that uh, that Joe Biden had all over the place in his garage by his Corvette, you name it, and the report that stated, that stated, among other things, that Joe Biden's memory was shot, that they're not going to charge him primarily because a jury would view him as a sympathetic older man who uh, 
whose memory is shot. And as examples, he gave, he didn't know when he was vice president. He forgot when he became vice president, didn't know the years. Wasn't that long ago, folks. And he didn't even know when his son died. Okay. Well, Biden held a press conference that night. And you remember, how dare he, who the hell does he think he is bringing up my son? I remember when he asked me that question, I'm thinking, what the hell is this? Well, guess what, folks? The question was never asked. (laughs) It was Joe Biden who brought up his son's death. Joe Biden, in October, during one of the two meetings with the special prosecutor, October, I think it was 7th and 8th, during one of those, he gratuitously, as every media correspondent and pundit and and supposed journalist and Biden supporter has repeatedly scripted and said it was a gratuitous attack to bring up his son. He didn't bring up his son, her, Robert Her. It was Joe Biden who brought up his own son. Listen to this report. Watch it. From NBC News, Peter Alexander with Lester Holt on the NBC Nightly News yesterday. Here is Cut 178. Peter, you also have new reporting this evening about President Biden's interview with the special counsel, Robert Hur. Lester, President Biden became heated, you'll remember, responding to the special counsel's assertion that he could not remember within several years when his son Bo died. Last week, the president criticized her for asking him about it. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. But tonight, NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. The sources say the president got the date, May 30th, correct, but not the year. I remember when I was asked that question, I said, who the hell are you to to bring that up? So again, he's either totally freaking demented or he's a liar, which he's always been, or a combination of both. And this is what we get. So all that crap, all that how dare, gratuitous, inappropriate, the, 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 who the, how dare, who the hell is he? And not only that, but he remembers thinking, what the hell is he doing bringing it up when he brought it up, when he asked me that question? He never, let me be Joe Biden. He never asked me that question. He never asked you that question, Joe. I mean, this is lunacy at this point, is it not? What the hell? Okay. Not only that, but... Uh, in addition to the media and and the Biden people, you know, gratuitous, inappropriate, outrageous. By the way, let, 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 and, and Jen Psaki, who used to work for, for Biden and now has her own show on MSNBC. But of course, um, she was outraged about the whole report, you know, questioning Biden's memory. It was inappropriate. It was gratuitous. They all said gratuitous. Um, so he, I just want you to hear what uh, Jen Psaki had to say at the time. Here's 165. Legal minds have said about this report is that 
it kind of goes, of course, outside of the scope of norms. It, it goes, it, his reporting and who he talked to went outside of what would be normal, even for a special counsel. Do you think that should be investigated or looked into? Because the judicial system, the judiciary is kind of in a, a, not, a, not a positive view necessarily by the American public at this point. Well, in the role that I have, all I can do is point it out, which is you had an investigation that ran for 15 months, which could have been concluded in just a few months. There was never any question that the president had not engaged in criminal wrongdoing. He was the self-reporting party here. He had turned the documents over upon discovery, cooperated in every respect. And yet somehow in this report, uh, the special counsel felt compelled to engage in this irrelevant, unfounded, and often pejorative commentary. And I think it's clear that uh, that commentary is inconsistent with department norms. Um, Bullcrap. Why do I say bullcrap? Because it's been reported that the Department of Justice, which reportedly has received a letter of complaint from Joe Biden's attorney, personal attorney, has responded that everything that Robert Herr put in that report was appropriate. That's the Department of Justice. That's Biden's D-O-J. No relation to O-J. Saying, reportedly, in response, that this this was included for a reason. It was appropriate to include it. It provided context and an explanation. And the guy and Robert Hurd did everything right. I'm paraphrasing. How do you like that? So here we are. Nobody ever asked Biden about his son. <laughs> Yet Biden remembered when he when he was asked the question, being pissed. Oh, gratuitous, outrageous, investigate him. Uh, He was out of line. This was out of step with the DOJ regulations. No, says DOJ. No. Other than that, everything's fine. Nothing happened. (laughs) And by the way, so that report you saw from Peter Alexander a few minutes ago, NBC News breaking this story, right? That Biden was never asked the question. Mediaite reports that for at least for the first 24 hours after that report aired, MSNBC, for all I know, still hasn't, but at that point, MSNBC did not mention it. MSNBC ignores bombshell bombshell NBC News report about Biden's false attack on special counsel. I'm just looking to see here what it said. They list all the people on MSNBC who bitched and moaned about it. Ari Melber, what he said. Chris Hayes, what he said. Scarborough, what he said. I don't see little Mika's name there. Was she not allowed to talk that day? Oh, little Mika. Uh, John Eilman, Douglas Brinkley, presidential historian, of course. Uh, On and on and on and on and on. And then... Uh, And yet nearly 24 hours after NBC's own sister organization, NBC News reported that it was Biden, not her, who brought up his son during their interview. MSNBC has yet to address just such a report on air because you know why. If you watch this show, you get it. You understand. But even under those 
even under the standards that we know they live by. I mean, that's this. This is egregious. This is a This is even beyond. I mean, really, you're going to ignore it? I mean, most of the media has ignored it, I guess. But your own, but NBC News broke it, and it just goes away. You don't even cover it. Of course not. Of course not. That's the world in which we live. Wow. And oh, by the way, on on Joe Biden's mental health, he's really okay. Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary, God help us, uh, told us so. Um, Here is 179. Another hurdle for the Biden campaign, voter concerns about his age. Again, a focus after special counsel Robert Hur's report questioning the president's mental fitness. It called President Biden a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Do you agree with that? I absolutely disagree with that. I work very closely with President Biden and I'm often with him on foreign trips. He's at the top of his game. What the special (laughs) counsel said was very unfair. He's at the top of his game. Oh, my God. They lie like they breathe. And and it's presented by the media as, well, Janet Yellen said he's on the top of his game. You know, God forbid you follow that up with something. It's, folks, folks, the guy was, I can't, I still can't get over it. The guy wasn't asked about his son. And yet he stood there and said, I remember when he asked me, I was thinking, what the blah, 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 blah. You weren't asked. It, okay, let's, uh, let's move on. I have talked about the, uh, I just, just thinking of her. I'm sorry. It's like I told you, it's like scratching nails on a blackboard. Dr. Jill Biden. And I, I'm sorry I got to do this, but it, it just uh, it goes along with the, you know, the name. See, say Pordway. You're just like tacos, you Spanish people. And what was the other one? Oh, yeah. Like the Bodegas in the Bronx. <laughs> She's a teacher of our children. Um, okay. I've said that she is a selfish witch and that she's abusing her elderly husband so she could remain first lady. I've been saying that for a long time, that she ought to be ashamed of herself, but she's not. She's just thinking of the, bo- the bodegas that she could visit when she gets to the Bronx. Um, anyway, I'm not alone. Kennedy on Fox, actually, she was uh, on a podcast with uh, Jerry uh, uh, Falia. Aphelia, however he pronounces his name. Um, And uh, this is uh, her and him talking about Jill Biden. It is cut number 193. You have diagnosed uh, Jill Biden as the perpetrator of this elder abuse thing that's happening in the White House. Correct. Jill is the problem. Jill is the problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like. Anyone who no longer has the wherewithal to care for themselves, who actually can't be left alone in a kitchen because they might burn it down. Yeah, yeah. 
They're not going to be the ones to raise their hand and say, you know what, go ahead. Let's find a nice, comfortable retirement community. It is always the caregiver, which is usually the spouse. Mm -hmm. But Dr. Jill has gotten so addicted to the glitz Mm -hmm. and the free dresses. And maybe they're not free. Yeah. They're very expensive dresses. Yeah. Uh, But the spotlight, the state dinners, Mm -hmm. the private jet. I know it's Air Force One. Yeah. But, you know, the the filthy... Dirty people who fly Southwest, they're not on Air Force One. <laughs> She's got a house full of servants. Uh-huh. They cater to her whims. Uh, and there are many. Yeah. She she played second fiddle to Michelle Obama for eight friggin' years. Yep. Michelle Obama hated the place, could yep. not wait to leave the White House mm-hmm. so she could go make millions writing books and selling non-existent shows on Netflix. Yes. Which is fine. And that's Good what racket. you do post-presidency. Yeah. Jill Biden could not wait to live in the White House, and now she does not want to leave? Yeah, I could not agree with her more. I've been saying this over and over and over again. She is a disgraceful woman, and uh, in my view, not too bright. And, you know, Dr. Schmachter, I don't don't care. (laughs) I don't care what she, what she, what degree she has. Um, Anyway, so good for uh, Kennedy and, you know, anybody else who decides to speak the truth about Jill Biden, I think the more that speak up, the, uh, the, 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 the better it'll be. But that aside, let's switch to Donald Trump. Donald Trump was in a New York courtroom today, but he spoke outside the New York City courtroom today, both before the proceeding was over and after the proceeding. Um, and he talked about, I mean, it, it's a it's a New York uh, City uh, DA who's bringing these charges against Trump for allegedly paying a porn star to keep quiet about an affair when he was running for president. Um, the same DA, Alvin Bragg, who didn't bring this case, had no interest in bringing this case for a long time until... Lo and behold, Donald Trump decided to run for president again. And then all, you know, all the cannons were aimed at Donald Trump. All the cases came at once. Gee, I wonder why that is. Hmm. Hmm. By the way, I wonder what re-up means. We'll get to that. <laughs> anyway, um, so Trump was uh, speaking, you know, like, doesn't this guy, this is the same guy who let the guys who were kicking the cops, the four of them, walk. No bail. Well, the judge did, I guess, but nonetheless, he is notorious for favoring criminals, yet Donald Trump must be imprisoned, okay? And you just look at what's going on in New York City, as Donald Trump did. So let's go to, if we can, cut 189, Donald Trump. Everything that I've heard and read, even from legal scholars, said there's absolutely no case here. It's not a crime. This is not a crime, and when you look at what's going on outside of the streets, where violent crime is at an all-time high, uh, I think it's a very, very, it's a great double standard. The other thing, this case could have been brought three years ago. There is no case. They decided not to bring it. The district attorney Bragg didn't want to bring it. He said he doesn't want to bring this case. But it's not a crime. We're here for something that is not a crime. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. What it is, is election interference. It's being run by Joe Biden's White House. His top person was placed here in order to make sure everything goes right. 
This is a this is a terrible time for our country. This is a real dark period for our country. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, here's more from Donald Trump. Uh, cut 190. His top person, Colangelo and some others, have been placed into the DA's office to make sure they do a good job of election interference. There's never been anything like this in the history of our country. With all of this being said, I look outside, I look at the streets, it's so different from when I left New York. It's so different. It's dirty and it's crime-ridden. And today you walk down the street and you get mugged or you get shot, and they're doing this where literally legal experts, legal scholars said they don't understand it. There's no crime. And there was no crime here at all. This is just a way of hurting me in the election because I'm leading by a lot. We're leading by numbers that nobody's ever seen before. And they figured this is their way of cheating this time. Last time they had a different way. This time they have something that's really down and dirty that no, frankly, no country does other than a third world country, a banana republic. Yep. And by the way, uh, this trial, which we'll, you, you'll, you'll see in a second, this trial date has been set for March 25th, the, the first criminal trial against a former president in American history. Wow. And look what it's for. Look what it's for. Allegedly paying a porn star to keep quiet about an affair. Sounds like he belongs in jail for that, doesn't he? Okay, here's uh, more from Trump again before he knew the outcome of today's proceedings. This is cut 191. So we're going to do our process. Uh, they want to rush it because they want to get it desperately before the election. And if it goes before the election, that's what they want to do. They don't care. After the election, they wouldn't have brought this except for the fact, no way, except for the fact I'm running for president and doing well. If I were doing poorly, they wouldn't have brought it. And frankly, uh, if I didn't run, they would have been extremely happy because they don't like me running and they don't like the numbers. The poll numbers have us beating him by a lot. So that's where we are. I'll talk to you later after. We don't know what's going to happen. We want delays. Obviously, I'm running for election. I can't. How can you run for election to be sitting in a courthouse in Manhattan all day long? I'm supposed to be in South Carolina right now where other people are and where, again, this is where I should be. I shouldn't be in a courthouse or something that virtually every legal scholar says they don't understand that there's no crime. Even if he was guilty of something, there's no crime. Okay. And again, as I explained, uh, Alvin Bragg has not yet publicly said, in other words, for him to be convicted of breaking the law, um, uh, he, you know, paying off somebody to be quiet it, 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 on, a, on its face, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't think that's breaking the law, criminal law. But there has to be a law that he broke. There has to be something that he broke. And Bragg has not publicly disclosed that. Again, I don't understand how that's possible when you have a trial date set for a month from now. Uh, nonetheless, that's where we are. Um, one more from Trump. And here, I believe he talks about, um, you know, migrants and Biden and, and New York City, how it all ties in and uh, cut 192. I love the city and I love the state. They have to focus on violent crime that's taking place outside. You have a new form of crime now. You have migrant crime. Migrants are trying to beat up our police officers. They're trying to do things that we've never seen before, actually. We are going to have a problem with, I call it Biden migrant crime, because you have millions of people came into this, this place, this 
country that has been so badly hurt. And they're, they're doing things that nobody's ever seen before. So you have violent migrant crime, and they're after me for doing nothing wrong. You know, I paid almost $300 million in taxes over the period of time. $300 million. And they say, oh, let's get Trump out. You have people that it's everything is politics in this city, including decisions and judges and everything else. It has to straighten out and they have to focus on violent crime, not made up crime. Yep. 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 Okay. So then he went in and when it was over, the proceedings, once the date of March 25th had been set, Donald Trump came walking out. And here we go to cut number 188. So instead of being in South Carolina and other states campaigning, I'm stuck here. It's an election interference case. Uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it in this country. It's a disgrace. It's a disgraceful situation, actually. And we'll just have to figure it out. I'll be here during the day and I'll be campaigning during the night. Uh, Biden should be doing the same thing, but he'll be sleeping. This is all from the DOJ. This all comes out of Washington. They're coordinated with the district attorney and the AG. The case tomorrow, which is a rigged deal, is uh, all coordinated with the uh, district attorney and it's coordinated with the attorney general of New York, Letitia Jane. Who ought to be ashamed of herself. She's campaigned for years of trying to get Trump without knowing anything about me. It's all a rigged. It's a rigged state. It's a rigged city. It's a shame. They ought to, what they ought to do is go out and take care of the violent crime and the migrant crime that's destroying people and killing people. Yes. Okay. You saw the gentleman on the left. They had a split screen of what was taking place in Georgia. That was Nathan Wade. Let me briefly explain, then we'll take a break. Nathan Wade uh, is the boyfriend of uh, uh, Fani uh, Willis. And of course, she is the um, the uh, district, the Fulton County District Attorney. And she's leading the case against Donald Trump in Georgia for election interference. She hired uh, her boyfriend um, to work on that case as a prosecutor. I think it's like 250 an hour, maybe more. I forget. Nonetheless, there have been accusations. Well, they did. Uh, they took trips. And the crux of everything was, when did they start being a couple? She claims it was much later. Uh, it was after they started working together, I believe she said. Uh, she has a, a friend, though, who testified that as far back as 2019, they were hugging and kissing each other. Okay? While he was still married, although he claimed on the stand the marriage was over, but he was still married, but he wouldn't concede that he was still married because he said in 2015 the marriage was over, but they were still married. So, I mean, crazy stuff today on the stand. And this guy, wow, this guy, so he would pay, she hired him, and then during their romance, they went on trips, multiple trips, to wherever, the Bahamas, Aruba, California, here, there, wherever, cruises, whatever. And she claims, and he claims, he laid out um, 
the money. He put it on his credit card or whatever. But she paid him back for all the all the expenses. So she wasn't benefiting financially from him. But get this. She paid him, so they say, in cash. Thousands of dollars. Every time she repaid him, it was in cash. No record of the cash, of course. No record of the receipt. Did you take it out of a, 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 a withdrawal? Did you take it out of your... No. My father always told me to keep at least $10,000 in my house in cash. So she didn't take it. There's no record of her taking the cash, getting the cash, but she had the cash, even though she allegedly complained about money at one point. She had the cash and she paid him cash. Did he deposit the thousands of dollars into an account or whatever? No. He walked around with it in his pocket. Folks, this was insanity. Okay, so at one point, the the uh, the one of the attorneys for one of Trump's co-defendants co in the case asked the gentleman you saw on the split screen, um, uh, Nathan Wade, the boyfriend. Um, so, because he 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 was hired by uh, Will, uh, Fannie Willis, and then had to be renew the contract. So he said, "So you re-upped uh, on that contract?" Blah blah blah, and he's like. I don't know what re-up means. And then she explained it to, to, to the guy. And later on, the lawyer used the term again. And, they, and, and, and uh, the, the, Nathan Wade said, well, I'm going to answer the question, but I'm not going to use the term re-upped. Like there's something wrong with it. Like it's made up. Like no one ever heard of it before. I mean, you're not going to use the term re-up. Well, folks, I tell you, wow. Wow. And these are the two who are leading the charge, the investigation, the case against Donald Trump in Georgia. Oh, yeah, we paid cash. Oh, yeah, did I take it out of a bank? No, I had the cash. Did you put it in a bank? Oh, no, I carry around the cash. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. We'll get to some of what she had to say. But first, uh, as you know, TNT, if you watch this show, if you watch the other shows, you know, you, you, you love what you see and hear, obviously. Uh, TNT's 24-7. We're always there for you. We're always covering what's happening, always talking about the issues that mean things and matter to all of you and to, to people. And uh, no one in the world really does uh, what, what we do. Uh, so in two and a half years, TNT has become a credible, exciting platform, as you know, with uh, brilliant hosts. Thank you very much. And staff, and I know that the staff that I work with is is brilliant, and I love them. Um, and um, it's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation, the propaganda from the mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. So we're now appealing. If you listen to and or watch TNT, um, our many friends and supporters around the globe, go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we here seek the right investors to continue our important mission. Okay, we're going to come back. Don't go away. Steve Malzberg, right here. You know where we are. TNT. TNT's Abby Roberts. So this is the headline in The Guardian. Pleasure of sex is a gift from God, but avoid porn. Pope advises. What is it with religious people and sex? 
Isn't there anything else that's 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 more important to worry about? And this is what uh, this is what Pope Francis uh, say. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it in an Italian accent just to be even more offensive. Sexual pleasure is a gift from God, but Catholics must avoid pornography. Pope Francis has said. The pontiff. Oh, I'll tell you what though, he was all for giving people lots of pricks during 2021. Bloody hell, mRNA's fine, but just not porn. Abby Roberts on TNT. (laughs) My baby's back from the West Coast. (laughs) Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. (laughs) So long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those beans smell heavenly. Mm-hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great you. idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Okay, so let's get to uh, Fonnie Willis, who took the stand after um, Mr. Reup was done. And it was a surprise. People didn't really expect her to, uh, to testify. Now, understand, she could be kicked off this case in Georgia. So could he. And if they are, I mean, this whole case could go up in smoke or start all over again and never be heard before the election. Okay. So just want to, want to fill you in on, on the importance of this. So here's one, this is, I'm skipping around. This isn't necessarily in order, but she, she hated this woman. She called this what this is a, the attorney for Trump's co-defendant. Her name is uh, Ashley. Um, yeah. Ashley Merchant. Okay. And she was badgering merchant was was uh fanny will uh, willis she called her a liar and but the the attorney just kept going didn't seem bothered by it but nonetheless arrogant pompous really i'm surprised the judge didn't really do it even worse than he did but here's what he said to her he threatening to um to uh, just wipe her testimony out if she kept up her attitude and and her behavior here is cut number 194 in 2019, I lived in South Fulton. He has never been to my residence in 2019, ever, not once. In 2019, he's never been to your residence, any place. I lived in my home in South Fulton before I started getting the threats that were here, a house I paid for with my own sweat and tears. I'm no longer able to live there. But in 2019, I did. And in the two months of 2019 that I knew Mr. Wade, three months, the beginning of October, all of November, and all of December, Mr. Wade never came to my house in South Fulton. Let me help you out. I lived there in 2020. He never came to my house in 2020, let alone live with me, as you put falsely in these documents. 
in the first three months of 2021 when I could still enjoy my home. Mr. Wade never came to South Fulton, and it is certainly a lie that he lived with me. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. I thought that was the judge. Maybe it's my mistook, as they say. That was uh, 194. All right, let's go to... Uh, let, let, okay. Uh, let's go to 190. Well, anyway, he did reprimand her um, for her attitude and the way she was answering questions. Whether or not I, I accidentally chopped that off by mistake, I very well might have. So let's go to 195. So you said 2019, 2020. Did Mr. Wade ever visit you at a place that you He has in? never been to my home in South Fulton. 2020 was before I knew that a phone call was going to be made and I was going to have to abandon my home. As a result thereof, he never visited, lived at, came to, or has seen South Fulton. You qualified that with your home in South Fulton. I'm That's asking, where I lived in 2020. In 2020, did he ever visit you at a place that you resided? Okay. I don't understand. You want to give me guys. In 2020, so I lived in South Fulton. Okay. That's the only place I lived in South Fulton. That's before I had to abandon my home, Judge. All right. And at my well, home in South Fulton, Miss, I never, he never came there, okay? So if you Ms. don't Wells, come someplace, you can't live there. Ms. Wells, that's, I'm going to have to caution you. That's, that's going to be my the first time I have to caution you. We have to listen to the questions as asked. And if this happens again and again, I'm going to have no choice but to strike your testimony. Wow, see, I, I knew I had it somewhere. <laughs> so um, now what they're getting at is they say that uh, they were a couple, they, they being the prosecution, that they were a couple as far back as 2019. So did it come to your home? And she keeps saying she had to abandon her home. She had to abandon her home. When the phone call came, she had to abandon her home because she was getting threats. Okay, nobody should get threats. And that's horrible that she had to leave her home. But that's what she's referring to. But she claims, all right, so, you know, but that doesn't preclude an affair, does it? Because he never came to your home? Okay, so let's, let's continue. Here's, uh, you see her attitude. Let's go to cut number 196. During the time period that you were dating, would your security team ever take you two together anywhere? No. Never. If there was a lunch that occurred that I just described, if there was a meal that occurred that I just described, anything outside of that, and it needs to be very clear, not often once twice because i want to be uh over inclusive i'm saying once or twice i'm not certain that it happened but i'd rather be over inclusive with you so your office objected to us getting um delta records for flights that you may have taken when no, mr wade and, well no 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 look i object to you getting records you've been intrusive into people's personal lives you're confused you think i'm on trial these people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020 i'm not on trial no matter how hard you try to put me on trial oh but you're under scrutiny and this hearing is not about the people um uh, who uh, allegedly tried to steal an election this uh, these hearings are about you and your boyfriend and when you first hooked up and when you hired him, at what point in your relationship, and did you benefit financially from it with the trips and everything that he, that he did for you, uh, where you reimbursed him, of course, with cash that he never deposited anywhere because he liked to carry around cash. Um, you know, it, it just, it just, it smells, it kind of smells. It's, it's kind of smells. Here's, uh, I think we have one more from her. 
um, on the um, they claim that they she claims the relationship started in 2022. Okay, which I believe would have been after she hired him, which would put a different a different uh, light on the whole relationship. Here's 197. You have been friends with Robin for 30 something years. Did you hear my answer, madam? Yes, and I'm asking if you've been friends with her for 30 something years. I've known her for 30 something years. We certainly hung out and party together in college. Um, she was from the DC area. She would come home and party together. Uh, wasn't close, but she was certainly in the girlfriends that party together. Um, and then, like I said, I ran into her about 10 years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. So but we didn't talk throughout that time period. I didn't see her. I didn't even know where she was. When I ran into her, I was surprised she was in Atlanta. And so, yes, I have known her probably since 1990, 1991, but we have not maintained a consistent relationship that whole time. For the last 10 years or five, whatever you'd like to classify it as, have you been friends with her? I have not spoken to Robin in um, over a year. I certainly do not consider her a friend now. Um, I think that she, you know, there's a saying, no good deed goes unpunished. And um, I think that she betrayed our friendship. Okay. So what's that all about? Uh, that is about um, the woman who, before uh, Afani took the stand, and I'm not sure if it was before, I think it was before uh, Nathan Wade took the stand, she testified that as far back as 2019, that these two were in public hugging, kissing, okay? That's what her, one of her best friends, who she doesn't talk to anymore because she betrayed her, uh, that's what her, why would her, one of her former best friends who she's known for 30 years and partied with in college, and I believe she even hired her, why would she lie about that? Why would she make that up? So that was damning testimony from the friend that uh, is referred to here in this answer. So it was, it was quite a day between the New York courtroom and then, of course, which we don't, didn't have cameras in uh, just outside, which was enough for Trump to speak, of course, and what took place here in, uh, in Georgia. And it's going to be very interesting to see the outcome of this. And then, then the trial starts in New York, March 25th. The trial starts. It, it's it's going to be something. Now, let me just let me just give you some more leftist lunacy, and I do mean lunacy. Uh, this is uh, from Sirius XM. We'll go back to, to 186 and 187 if we can. This is um, um, Dean Abadala's show on Sirius XM. I used to have Dean on at Newsmax, and then I stopped having him on. I just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with the back and forth anymore. Um, so I just stopped. Too aggravating. The blood pressure was just, you know, no, no sense getting the blood pressure that high when you could bang your head against the wall. And if you're making a point and it does, you don't get anywhere by making uh, that point. Okay. So anyway, um, here we go. And here is um, his guest is Frank Figliuzzi. And Frank is an NBC News National security contributor. God help us all. And listen to this. Oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. He's going to end our world, baby. Here is cut 186. What are your concerns about what he might do to 
at least win somehow in any way. Yeah, I, I you know that I've drawn many, many comparisons between the MAGA movement and the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly increasingly believe that's what we're looking at. So if if that's true, let's look toward cult research as to what a cult leader does when the end is near and it's not the end that he wants. And so people who research and study cults call it a forcing the end forcing the end, meaning when things look like they're not going to turn out, and I'll point to the Branch Davidians at uh, Waco, Texas, and David Koresh. Mm-hmm. You're surrounded. The tanks are out there. Um, things aren't looking good. You told your cults that things were going to work out. We're all going to heaven. Um, you make things happen. Trump is now David Koresh. The Branch Davidians, Waco, Texas. That's Trump now. Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin. Uh, that that wasn't good enough. Now now they're going. Now they're coming domestic. <laughs> He's a cult leader. That's right. People like me, people who like Trump. I think about what eighty million of them who voted for him. They're all part of a cult. And what is he really saying? When you think about it, what's he really saying? Should happen to all of us. MAGA people, hmm? Maybe a re-education camp or two or three or million, huh? All right, here's a, here's a, a, the next one from him, cut 187. And in the course, the cult in Waco, it ended in flames. He literally instructed his followers to light on fire uh, the corners of the buildings. You can see this on the, on the heat-seeking imagery happening. Yeah. Can can Trump burn the place down figuratively? Yes. Will he instruct directly or indirectly his crazy followers, some of them, to uh, or incite them through stochastic terrorism to commit violence? Sure. Can law enforcement get ahead of that? No. No. They're doing their best, uh, scrambling within the laws and the parameters to try and monitor known violent extremists. But any notion that the FBI is watching everybody's correspondence is absolutely absurd. Can't do it legally. They can't do it resource-wise. So um, a small cell, an actor, bad actor here or there um, can really, really do some damage. And I think Trump um, will show no hesitation in lighting the place on fire figuratively. Okay, so there you go, David Koresh, in uh, in Trump garb, or Trump and David Koresh garb, however you want to look at it. These people, again, I I, I assume this man has uh, Trump derangement syndrome, and again, they're do when he says they're doing whatever they can. Yeah, they're doing whatever they can. That the, 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 I mean, look look at what we're finding out. From uh, from uh, 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 Taibbi's uh, Substack about how this RussiaGate thing all started, how it was according to him, it was U.S. intelligence agencies that reached out to to foreign agencies to spy on Trump and people in his campaign and put this whole thing together. I mean, and and now that the 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 indictments and the charges and the trials looming, and this is. I mean, and they haven't been able to stop him. 
they haven't been able to stop him yet. And we're coming up on March, April, May, June, July, August, September, eight months and change from the, from the election. The question is, if he's the leader of a cult, if he's a dictator in waiting, if he's going to burn it down figuratively, some have said burn it down literally, if he's going to take away democracy, imprison his enemies, assassinate his enemies, if he's going to do all that, if this is what they're telling us he's going to do, doesn't that, in their minds, justify anything to stop it? Doesn't it? Ask yourself that question and be very, very, very afraid. All right, now, let's um, remind everybody, next week is a, is a very specially big week here on uh, TNT. As you know, last December, Julian Assange, um, he uh, got his uh, two-day public hearing scheduled. It's for the 20th and 21st of February, next week, folks, uh, and it's at the UK High Court. They're going to decide whether or not um, uh, Julian has, Assange has permission to um, appeal or whether he's going to be extradited to the United States. And guess what? TNT is going to be there. They're going to be there at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting one day, two days, however long it takes. I'll also be, we'll also be broadcasting, I should say, um, TNT will uh, throughout different sites throughout London. So make sure you're, you're tuned in. And... And the London premiere of the Trust Fall, Julian Assange, will be at the uh, Rio Cinemas on Sunday the 18th. That's this Sunday, 1 p.m. And the film will be followed by a panel discussion and a Q&A with Tariq Ali, uh, Kristen Harafson, and uh, hopefully Stella Assange. To find out more, go to Google, search for the Trust fall julian assange london premiere and of course it's all right here lightning the fuse for freedom today's news talk tnt we have one final segment left in the hour so don't go anywhere steve malsberg on tnt de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective well the latest in the michael mann versus mark stein trial is a little bit interesting and i'm trying to figure out if this is right apparently dr mann's lawyers there are four of them and remember mark stein is defending himself by himself apparently they've asked for a nominal fee as far as damages go and there is a rumor that what was asked for now sit down you ready for this was one dollar. Now, Mark Stein has spent around three and a half million dollars, I've heard. I don't know, maybe it's more, maybe it's less, defending himself from Michael Mann and Michael Mann's lawsuit over the fact that Mark Stein thinks that Michael Mann hid the data and he called him a fraud, right? Now, I could see, for instance, let's say uh, the number one climatologist in the world said that to you. That's one thing. But Mark Stein is a journalist. That's the first thing. Second thing is he had to raise the money to defend himself. And we've gone over this. But $1? Why would Michael Mann only want $1? You know why? He just wants the decision. He just wants to be able to say, see, he actually did defame me. I won the court case. Well, I don't think Stein wants any part of that because of the fact that he wants to drill it home that what Michael Mann did, take two samples out of 22 
and then hide, he did. He hit the data from people who would criticize it and actually tear it apart. Mark Stein wants that to come out. One's pursuing the truth, the other seems to be hiding it. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe. From power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires. Knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov air sensor toolbox. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Uh, yesterday, I'm happy to say the uh, United States uh, House of Representatives uh, voted 418 to nothing uh, to pass uh, a resolution condemning, condemning the rape and sexual violence that Hamas leaders ordered members of their group, <laughs> their group to uh, carry out during and after the October 7th attack, 418 to nothing. And it calls on other nations to criminalize rape and sexual assault and hold its perpetrators accountable as well. It calls on international bodies to unequivocally condemn the barbaric acts. There was one person who voted present. And it should tell you everything you need to know about her and what she stands for, and who she is. Don't forget, four, 418 to nothing. And you got all kinds of progressives and all kinds of people and all kinds of, 418 to nothing. She voted present. And we're talking about, of course, the Democrat from Michigan, Rashida Talib, who apparently doesn't have a problem with uh, Hamas not only raping, but raping, cutting off breasts, uh, banging in pelvises while these women were alive, then burning them, tying them up and burning them alive in some cases. Uh, there are confessions on tape from, uh, from uh, uh, Hamas terrorists who were caught and told that their leaders told them to commit these sexual crimes and acts of violence uh, in a of a sexual nature. 418 to nothing, the U.S. House of Representatives. When are you going to find unity like that? And what kind of person, what kind of person can't bring themselves to condemn what Hamas did to those women, to those women? Tells you everything you need to know about her. Folks, I will uh, have a best of running tomorrow in this time slot. You're not going to want to miss it because it's a best of. So it's going to be good. Uh, and I'll be back, God willing, Monday, live, ready to go, rock and roll all over again. Uh, but be here tomorrow again, 9 p.m. Eastern. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Have a great weekend because I can't say it tomorrow right here on TNT. TNT.